We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Esports Talk Rewind podcast. We are Jake and Zan. This podcast is being brought to you by both Untuck It and Manscaped. And now, let's hop into the cast. And we're back just like that, Zan. Mexico trip done. Wow, what a what a ride. <laughs> oh boy, what a ride it was. And you guys will probably never know about half that ride or more than that. Which is for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you guys doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast, episode number 25. We are back in Adam from Mexico. And mm-hmm. Zan, uh, I would say a week, uh, two days left of this week by the time we record this. It is yeah. pre-recorded, but I'm sure by the time this does go live, still so many videos coming out of the news we did miss and we're catching up on yep. it's been crazy it's as hectic. per usual yep. uh, we each have stories of course to share with all of you guys for any new or old listeners returning what is up with the esports rewind podcast me and Zan for here we break down the latest craziest and biggest esports gaming news we've heard throughout the week so we hope you guys all enjoy ready to get it cracking Zan yeah just real quickly preface so people just don't think I roll around with a headband or a ninja oh headband yeah on. we yeah. record yeah, yeah sorry it's Halloween today yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, one last time. Yeah. This uh-huh. goes live on Tuesdays. We record on mm. Thursdays. It's Halloween. Yeah. Happy belated to all of you guys. Uh-huh. We're not Naruto running around the freaking <laughs> nah, office. Nah. Although- Only one day out of the year yep. we, we sprint to the office. <laughs> so yeah. uh, let's kick it. Mm-hmm. All right, Xanifer, my first story is actually a pretty wild one. Yeah, you, yeah, you know I always like hearing your take on these kind of things. Uh-huh. It's going to be about a Strauss. We've actually not talked about them for quite some time. Large and successful, you know, to their CSGO team. They're decent at League of Legends, have some other projects as well. Um, I think the last time I talked about them, there's actually the Astralis group, and then there's separately Refresh Entertainment. Remember right. them at all? Yeah, yeah. 
the little, tournament. Little, little shady. Yeah, little shady at first. Yeah. They, they've uh, grown on a lot of people okay. out there. Okay. Um, two separate groups, Refresh Entertainment next year for CSGO, already announcing a four-plus million dollar um, league throughout the year. So great stuff for them. Astralis Group now is the owner of the CSGO team, Astralis, alongside the League of Legends team, uh, Origin, I believe. And then also, apparently a FIFA brand up okay. and coming called Future FC. FC stands for football club, by the way. What a culture. <laughs> so they got culture CSGO, <laughs> League of Legends, FIFA uh, in the future. Biggest announcement and really, really discussion point for us as well. They're actually going to IPO sometime late 2019, which does mean uh, for all you non-stock heads out there, they're going to have a stock and a public, I believe, open to the public to be invested into by just the community. Uh, you know, typically we have organizations out there raise rounds of funding. Astralis, to my knowledge, is now the first esports organization to take things public to NASDAQ first for people to openly buy and sell and trade so i mean pretty wild obviously we've reached this point uh, here in 2019 already yeah, i mean i think we're kind of i think as as, a, as an overall esports community we were kind of already here a couple years ago from like whether or not this was possible mm -hmm. i think the only reason it hasn't is because so many organizations have like one or two people they have a banks who's the owner or they have <laughs> a made shot who's the owner you know and they don't want to like let go of the reins and bring in all these investors mm -hmm. and such a like because an ipo is normally and like in a standard business world that's a pretty good sign that your company is doing well yeah and obviously like in this kind of circumstance they have to open their books and so you can kind of get an idea of hey are they making money and i imagine other orgs haven't been comfortable doing that. Yeah, and plenty of orgs have not been, as you just said, mm -hmm. literally comfortable doing that. We only have heard really FaZe Clan so far even talk about it, and that's, as you mentioned, because people like banks, they tend to open up about those kind of things and talk about profitability. A lot of organizations don't, and so the next giant question is because you, because of this, when you have investors and you have new people that are going to be very high on you guys, expectations-wise, what can you as an IPO then offer back to people that are willing to risk and actually invest into you? Then a giant mystery is, you know, are they going to overinflate themselves? All of a sudden, uh, the value of this is just skyrocketing to a degree it should not be at. Right. A lot of factors, especially when it comes to what can you give back to your investors, what can you promise in certain in terms of returns. Yes, there are so many companies out there that are not profitable, that are gigantic. But with esports, I mean, it's just it's so much more of a firework. You know, we don't know what direction it's going quite yet. So I'm proud of it. I'm glad. You know, yeah. someone has it's to take great the step. To see. Yeah. I'm glad it makes sense that it's Astralis of all people. Yeah, I mean they are trying to you know trying to make those bounds, make yeah. those leaps like the many of the top dogs are. Um, but certainly as an investor, you have to think, okay, they have a CS:GO team, a League of Legends team, a FIFA brand that's really not established whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know how much are people going to evaluate these guys, and what is their worth going to be? You know, finalized as. It will be I'm, really interesting. I'm to very see. curious. Yeah, and I, I'll be very curious to see what kind of financial information comes out of this from the perspective of how are they making their money? Mm -hmm. Like, is there like, is it very much just like, hey, because Astralis, the CS:GO side, is you know making moves constantly, like winning tournaments back to back? Mm -hmm. Is it because of them that this IPO is happening, or is it the league team that's you know giving them the confidence? Like, the what's the biggest backer? League? Yeah. I'm definitely curious. That's a really good point to make, especially when this does happen and things become even more public. Right. You know what we're going to see in terms of okay, what are these? What are these organizations? How do how those books look? How does profitability look? Where are their streams of income really coming in? Mm -hmm. I'm. I'd love to find out that everything is just BS. It's in shambles. It's it's, uh, it's uh, everything is on fire all the time. <laughs> 
Because I mean, that's what every org owner who I'm who scared seems of it. Like, yeah, they all say, "Hey, we don't make a lot of money, guys. We like, are burning yeah. through cash. I mean, uh, it's not really. Uh, it's now. It's not necessarily a secret. Yeah. Uh, so we'll definitely see what comes of this. Astralis making those first steps. We'll see who follows suit. Typically, organizations they take their rounds of funding from a select group of investors or a few investors out there. Now we have open to the public. That's going to be Astralis opening their doors, and we'll see what's revealed when those doors are opened. All righty, Jakey boy. So we're going to talk about something that I find fascinating. Not so much because I have faith in it, mm -hmm. but I just I find the concept at its core fascinating. So, um, you know, game launchers. You know, everybody uses at least one. Everybody uses oh my Steam gosh. or EGS, and you know, <sighs> there's too many. We've talked about this, I think, very lightly in the past. But. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people are kind of not happy in general with whichever one they have to use. You know, it's not everybody's got problems to a certain extent. I think it's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah there's not a yeah. perfected one. Mm -hmm. Maybe and a slim, slim one or two that. Yeah, there's, there's people getting kind of close, but definitely not there yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's there's this video game developer who actually feels the same way about it, who has had a lot of problems in the past with Steam, mm -hmm. like with getting his games up, with getting a proper response. I mean, as a, as a gamer himself, had problems with uh, managing his family and properly filtering things for his daughter and everything, because he was like, yeah, I'm worried I can't put her on Steam because I don't know th what Discovery is going to show her. To be fair, like, really yeah. quick preface, uh, you sure, know, sure. for me, a typical gamer, I, I would yeah. say, though, of all the launchers out there, I would say for me, Steam has definitely been by far the most used, by far the most practical. Yeah. Practical, But when yeah. it comes to pointing out some more definitive points of why it's not the best, yeah. I haven't heard this side of things, so it's it's already interesting to me. Yeah, the, yeah. the filter system and such. I don't really think of kids when I think of best launchers. I think I'm, I'm uh, selfish. I think of myself. Of course, of course. And I, I, think, I think one of of the good things, or I don't know about good, one of the really smart things that Valve has done with Steam is they've kind of hidden a lot of the problems behind saying like, hey, you know what, we're doing a lot for you. Like for example, like uh, the way you find new games on Steam, it's heavily weighted just based off of what's popular generally and what your friends are playing, not necessarily off of what you yourself are interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it can be hard to find something new that's like actually kind of unique to your specific taste. Mm -hmm. And uh, this developer, I'm gonna grab his name real quick. Uh, you know, it's uh, Mick Mullen. Uh, he's, That's a name. Yeah, yeah, right. He, what his idea he is he wants to make the Spotify of gaming from a discovery perspective. Oh, okay. I see where this is going. Yeah, so yeah. you hit up a song. Is is there going to be like, okay, I like this song. We'll show you more of this song. Yeah, I dislike yeah. this song. You won't see it again. Kind stuff of thing. Being made in your area, or like you know more. Re deeper recommendations based off of your play to play habits and stuff is this like an add-on thing for a steam launcher no, or is this like a launcher in he's itself he's calling it a turbo play it's okay. available in like a very very closed beta to just influencers and stuff so far mm -hmm. but it's sounding very very interesting first of all one of the very very different things it's doing is its revenue split with game developers right now uh, pardon me <laughs> I got mildly sick in Mexico, trying not to cough too much for you guys. Yeah, anyway, so Steam split with developers is 70-30. So Steam gets 30%, developers make th uh, 70, you know. Uh, Epic Game Store is 88-12. Uh, they're saying Turbo Play is going to be 90-10. Uh, okay, so we just keep on giving more and more to developers. Yeah, just coming out right out the gate with that. And not only that, they're kind of doing something similar to Mixer's bit system but tying it into moderation, right? And he's, he's, I say that, and it's like, what is it? What's Wait, going what? On How yeah. Is yeah, right? I, I had to reread this like five times to actually try to like gather like what are what is what is this? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, so they're calling them tokens. 
and they're kind of like a loyalty point system. So players, just by playing games through Turbo Play, through completing achievements in games, posting on social, um, you know, just generally using the platform, you can earn tokens. And each token has a one 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 token to one dollar exchange rate. Okay. And it's not like they're not saying, hey, you know, your tokens are just fun little tidbits you throw at your friends on occasion. Like, no, you can actually buy games with these. Oh, okay. I was going to say you can only tip developers or? No, yeah. I mean, you can tip developers as well. But you can also you use buy them games. as game currency. You can, okay. You know, tip streamers. You can, you know. What streamers, though? I couldn't find a lot on the streamers thing. It seems almost like they might want to do like a little bit of streaming on the side. Yeah, because that'd be interesting like, how they yeah. convert over to other platforms. Right, right. Might, maybe they'll get like a partnership going with Mixer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe. That would make a lot of sense. But um, anyway, not only that, but the tokens are also part of the platform's moderation system. So say somebody's being really problematic, real toxic on, toxic on Steam, right? Nothing's really going to happen at the end of the day. Maybe they'll get like a really brief ban. They'll come yeah, back and yeah, do the same Steam thing. Steam is very bad at pursuing those kind yeah, of things. Yeah. I would say, and I feel like it's it's the same way for I don't I don't know a single game launcher that's kind of nailed that. Yeah, I mean you're yeah. not going to get at least to my knowledge right now mm. launchers focusing on what in game or uh, develop yeah, launcher conversations like, yeah. on their play. Yeah, mm. be, I've I've plenty of people DM me on based right. off Steam messages being harassed and nothing's mm. ever been done. It just. Yeah. For a, a person like Steam, it's not really a, you know, a top-notch mm-hmm. thing to get to. No, which is why I kind of appreciate that his, his, this guy's entire approach to it is, as a consumer himself, what can I do to make the experience better for like everybody involved? Mm-hmm. So he's saying, like, hey, if a person's being super toxic and they get reported a lot for it, then they're going to have a moderator come look at it every single time that a person gets like reported past a certain amount. And if they're really, really, they're really like, you know, pushing the limits, throwing out some like, you know, some slurs or something like that, then you'll lose, you'll lose some tokens. Interesting. So you'll lose like actual money. And then if you keep doing it past a certain point, you're just gone, like permanently. Makes a lot of sense. No, yeah, I mean, I it's, assume it's, it's an actual consequence. Yeah, I mean, I it's just it's it's words yeah. right now. Yeah, you never yeah. know if they can yeah, actually pursue know. that. You, you know, know, when Steam but, probably I mean, first started, they were probably saying, yeah, we'll do the same thing. <laughs> It, you know, so things happen. It's a slippery slope. When you mm. get too big, all of a sudden you're not living up to things you first said. So right, eh, right. take it with a grain of salt. Hey, you never know. At least though, it's yeah. there, though. It's le- there, though. The thought process is there. Yeah. And they've already got uh, 160 games on board with their system wow. right now. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm with it. Uh, I'm yeah. curious where it goes because especially mm. with the failure of Epic Games Store, you wonder if they put all that money and time and effort into it, if anyone else really can push the See, market. The weird thing is, though. I mean, 88-12 sound great when mm. Epic Games did it, but no one really, you know, when it comes to exclusivity is where I get worried. Like, Yeah, and they also did say they looked at the Epic Game Store model, and they're like, yeah, we don't want to do exclusivity at all. We don't want to do yeah. – we want to give people the option. And maybe they don't, but mm-hmm. if, if, if Epic does and if Steam kind of low-key does with some of their game, their mm-hmm. top games too, what's their left You know, for the, you know, the trimmings of, for well, this kind of platform? If nothing else, I mean, if I was an indie game developer, I would go to this platform in a heartbeat. Yeah, if the, but when you also yeah. want to go on Steam too, like you really can. No, yeah, it's obviously not. And they are they are addressing this as well by saying they don't want to do exclusivity. They just want their place oh, to yeah. be an option. They want it to be the best like consumer. Like if I if I had to pick a a launcher to play on, I'd rather much rather play on one that like even from a pure monetary perspective, if I'm getting money for getting for just completing achievements in a game that I like, which mm-hmm. is something I would do anyway. 
then why wouldn't I do it there? Yeah, and as a developer, you'd want to be on as many platforms as possible, many mm-hmm. as, lo- as many launchers as possible. Right. And so, I mean, if Steam, Epic seems to be a, a bit more aggressive about not letting it happen, but if mm. you can get on Steam and Turbo Play, yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, mm. does, is there like a release, like full uh, alpha release date? A general, or? They have a general range. They said uh, Q1 2020. Okay, so, so I mean, it's soon, right around soon. the corner, right around the corner. They're so we'll, playing. So yeah. we'll see what exactly happens when they launch because yeah. we've had pr- plenty of problems here and discussions here about launchers and their faulty mm. systems. But I mean, it sounds great. It sounds like it's uh, you know Steam is here and uh, Epic Games improving on that, and we mm. have Turbo Play improving on that, and hopefully other launchers even further down the line. Right. So we'll see if they can actually take a grasp at it though, better than Epic did. Yeah. I feel- probably have a better shot <laughs> and if nothing else people won't hate this store like yeah. they hate the epic game store <laughs> and before we jump back into our next story guys a quick shout out to this week's sponsors the first of which hey the holidays are almost here and you know what that means everybody gifts and what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits you just right unlike most brands untuck it shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked most button downs look terrible if you don't tuck them in, but Untuck It is actually designed to fit perfectly untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. We all love the look of Untuck It here at the office, and there has never been a better time to check it out for yourself. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great for everyone, tall or short, big or slim, Untuck It has you covered. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. And a second special shout out to Blue Wire and their sponsor, Manscaped. Oh boy, I knew this was coming. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yeah, you can make manscaping accidents a thing of the past. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Use the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BLUEWIRE. And that's it for this week's sponsors. Let's get back to the show. All right, Zane. So next up, we have the uh, Twitch versus Mixer War continuing a little bit. As always. Latest announcement. I think today we actually announced uh, a couple, but, you know, Pokimane was being one of them hinting at a possibility. I think more so we have um, a bit more of a hint. I saw some comments. We played a Twitch clip where it's very clear that Dr. Disrespect Mm. has hinted at being paid by Twitch more than... Ninja and Shroud were paid by Mixer to join their platform. He was hinting at he was paid more by Twitch to stay. And so it brings to light, of course, the ongoing war. And kind of the general question I have for you is, can this tide really be turned? I I saw a comment, though. We played the clip. I thought it was fairly obvious. And this dude goes, what kind of hint is this? I don't even know if he opened his ears during the clip Uh or heard the right words. It was very Uh clear to me that Dr. Dis was actually hinting at that. But he got really mad at me for seeing that there was no evidence whatsoever. I don't I don't know why I even brought that up. It kind of just turned me the wrong way. <laughs> but my, my, my overall question to you is about this. Can they really turn this tide? Let me give you some numbers also brought to us by right Doc. Right um, the general Generalizations after the Goth and Shroud signing is we have about 50,000 current viewers on Mixer. Maybe a bit more. Overall viewer base? I think overall on the okay. entire platform okay. across those three majors and everyone else 
below them, around 50,000, maybe a bit more or less given the day. On Twitch, around 1.5 million concurrent viewers given the day, give or take um, a couple hundred thousand. So uh, general question to you is, can they really turn this tide? And if so, how can they do it? I think it's easy, but it's aggressively hard at the same time, which obviously very contradictory, but you know, hear me out. Um, I think Twitch's problem has always been a lack of con like a, a lack of conversations with the community, <laughs> a lack of like saying anything at all about what's going on. You yep. know, I think at this point in time, it is 2019, you need a community manager to like kind of keep everything in line, let everybody know, hey, here's where our vision for the platform is. And I don't think I can't think of a season. I, I, I was like when uh, when we heard about the uh, the goth pickup. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so what is the benefit actually to staying on Twitch? And I couldn't really think of a ton outside of like the one big one, which is the huge, huge one, which is just the huge viewership, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. And aside from that, like I think from based off of what Mixer has said, they have planned anyway. From a functionality perspective, it does sound a little bit more interesting than Twitch. Although Twitch does have the huge bonus from a viewership perspective of being able to have a Twitch Prime and everything. Yeah, the subs thing is definitely a huge thing as well. Yeah. I mean, so it's a free income for a lot of streamers out there, Absolutely. at least their communities, to just drop a free sub. So mm -hmm. um, they definitely have their advantages, but I mean, like you said, and you're kind of getting to, uh, Mixer certainly has theirs as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think if Mixer could improve their functionality just a little bit, make things a little bit more stable, add a couple features in. VODs, yeah. clips, mm -hmm. maybe if they enabled sparks for everyone. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird. What were you going to say? Oh, I was like, uh, real quick, I think if Mixer and Game Pass kind of linked, mm -hmm. then that would be that would be that in a way. I mean, there needs certainly to be a, a way to match the sub power, mm -hmm. uh, the income power for streamers to switch over. I think there's certainly a time as well when you are so saturated like Twitch for up-and-coming middle ground streamers to maybe make the move as well. But also you got to look at the big dogs. The reasons for moving right now, um, it seems to be it, not not even a Twitch versus Mixer, but Amazon versus Microsoft kind yeah, of thing. at this point. And what they can what offer is. those guys. Yeah. If it's not money on Twitch, then it's probably the subs. If it's not money or subs and the, the base viewership being bigger, if you're already established, there's plenty of reasons for middle ground and growing streamers to move to Mixer if they can retain their audience um, in terms of what Microsoft can possibly give them with money. Um, so maybe the subs aren't there, but I think certainly when it comes to Amazon versus Microsoft and what they're offering these guys for the future, if you're a variety streamer, I think Mixer could certainly take a stab, but right. obviously that that separation is still very, very vast. Of course. You can sign Tifu and Osmond and Lyric and Summit tomorrow, and the battle still wouldn't even be close. Yeah. But they're inching. They're, they're certainly inching, and I think that, like you said, the Game Pass thing, the additions, they have to be there constantly. Not just signing a lot of people. they got to make other improvements in functionality as well. If they can, get, if they can figure out one way to just actually get the viewership to migrate from Twitch to Mixer because just a streamer or a YouTuber saying I'm going to a different channel even like a YouTube a YouTuber switching from one channel to the next you're gonna use you're gonna lose subscribers yes even if they're active you're just gonna lose some it's a risk you take yeah I think if they can maybe maybe if they offered some kind of uh, some kind of deal it's like hey drop your Twitch account join Mixer you get free subs or you get free game pass you, you know some kind of incentive to get people actually yeah, that could specifically be a, to leave Twitch. and But it's, but it's like even mm. then, they're still offering you the free Prime subs. Of so course, it's like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be rough. Microsoft buys Amazon and moves the prime subs to Mixer. I don't know. It's obviously yeah. a very complex battle, but, um, you know, at least they are. It's not just a ninja announcement like we thought it was going to be. It's right. definitely progressing day by day, and we're going to keep on covering it. Um, the, the ground is being closed slowly, but there's a lot of ground to cover and a lot of things that needed to be added on with that. So uh, we'll keep you guys posted on that. I'm sure there'll be plenty of videos on it as well. Uh, but as the war does go on, Twitch is certainly firing back, and we'll see if it's enough, which it seems to be for now plenty. Okay, I'm gonna keep this uh, this next one real, real brief. We have a lot to do today, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Coming back, yo. I will say, I do appreciate that we we just got off the plane last night. We're already back in. We're grinding. We're here. We're cutting coffee, yeah. caffeine. Uh huh. Too many energy drinks. <coughs> um, but anyway, so you, everybody knows. I feel like it's an openly discussed thing at this point that League of Legends esports loses money for Riot to this day. Like they put like hundreds of millions of dollars into it, and like just I'm not saying that uh, loses not, money for Riot or loses money for teams. I mean both. I mean we know like I, I would say more so teams. I don't oh, know about uh, Riot. Riot. The teams take a bigger hit, but I do know. Um, Is it a public fact that Riot's losing money? Because I think Riot's making plenty. No, yeah, because I mean they're making plenty, and the plenty is enough to kind of offset it a little bit. But I mean, I, I like I think it was last year or something. Their head of global events was like, yeah, you know, we're putting in like a, over a hundred mil, and we're not. We still not we have not broken even. We're getting closer every year, but we're yeah, not yeah. Breaking so th even. I think yeah. they're currently profiting, but they're still re rebounding. I mean, I haven't oh, fact checked this, so no, you maybe yeah. you need to, man, because yeah. people are gonna last, get mad at you. I, last time I looked into it, they still haven't said they've they've been super vague about it. And I feel like if they were actually making money, if they were comfortable saying they were making money, they'd be shouting it from the rooftops. Well, but they'd be I, like, okay, yeah. you see, this is where I get yeah. worried when you say these kind of things because I, uh, you look at it right now, you look mm. at all the leagues they have, all the skins they sell. I mean, all the things they sell in game themselves. The, the, of course, I think they are landing more ad deals, and especially when it comes to leagues. I believe like the LPL and the LCK are certainly making money mm -hmm. and a lot of money in ad revenue and their sponsorship deals. I get worried when you say this kind of stuff because Riot, as a company, I believe is making plenty of money. No, they definitely are, and I very specifically. I'm not saying Riot overall is losing money. I'm saying okay, because that's what you opened up with, and someone's no, pissed said, off I said, out there. I said league esports, esports specifically. Okay. Yeah, all the money that they invest. So in that, yeah. as an the broadcast itself, not the game itself. The the broadcasting of the esport, the, the broadcasting, the whole hosting events, the production like, and know, all that, everything like getting teams together. League of Legends is profitable. Investing. The esports side may not be. No, yeah, just because they have to put. Still, yeah. we're we're riding uh, the line here. Uh -huh, but anyway, uh -huh. hit me with but it. Anyway, I just wanted to. Uh, we're, we'll we'll be real brief about this because uh, we got a little bit of detail from the head of business development and sponsorship for the LEC. Okay. That is the uh, League of Legends uh, European Championship, or, you know, the non-law fans out there. The European League upside yep. things. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, he said, and he didn't give any details on this, and then and this is this is very specifically how I found this, because I was looking up the... Um, the, the fact that they were losing money on esports, right? Mm -hmm. I remembered that. I was like, let me let me check check in on that, see if they're getting profitable yet. Found this article, and dude says they are, but doesn't e expound upon that at all. He, do well, he doesn't even say they're profitable. He just says they're not losing money in a very specific legal way that's like, it's not costing us money, but I mean... It sounds like profit to me, Zan. I don't know. I don't if he know. said he's not losing See, money, it sounds like profit. See, but they said, like, yeah, technically we don't lose out on it. but So it could be the type of thing where it's, like, soft money, where it's, we're not, they're actually losing money, but because of the perceived value, they're gaining money, so it balances out in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would, they, I feel like they would just say, hey, we're making money, we're profitable. 
But anyway, uh, we got some details on how exactly they make money for the uh, for the league uh, for every league uh, for. Um, I say league. I, I mean like. Yeah, it, yeah, I think people. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. get you. Anyway, uh, in, in comparison to traditional sports, for a second, the revenue breakdown is something like this, roughly. You make 40% from your sponsors, 40% from broadcasting, and 20% from like event sales and merch at a game or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, for League of Legends, it's, a, it's something like 80% sponsors, 15% broadcast, 5% event sales and merch. So that's very lopsided. No, yeah, very. That does make a bit a bit of sense, so, yeah. you know, like the Mastercards, the Visas, whatever mm. has sponsored World so far. That does right. make a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. That is surprisingly low for like merch and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah. they don't include game sales on that. Yeah, this is very, very specific. This is very esports. Yeah, this is this centered. is just the esports yeah. side of things. And um, of course, he did mention like, yeah, the in-game sales and everything. That is the overall broader company's bread and butter mm -hmm. because at the end of the day the esports side is to promote playing the game in the first place yep yeah the esports yeah if if they had to drop one or the other they would drop the esports it's it's just how it and that's not to say the esports is bad it's just you know there's the priority is on one side for sure to the other and um Apparently, part of that is because they've just chosen to not be exclusive to one platform or another for streaming. And oh, can I mean? Uh, well, the Twitch—they're definitely for worlds. They're and yeah, yeah. But I mean, this uh, is like this is like broad, broad strokes, you know, as opposed to like say, I don't know enough about sports to say like, yeah, ESPN is streaming the fo uh, football cup world. What is the the World Cup? Yeah, I, I guess I. No, but no, I mean. I no, the big Super Bowl. That's so it's a weird way that yeah. he worded it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking like I'm trying to explain this from a sports perspective, and I don't, I don't have that. At yeah, all. yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's it's very interesting that a the sponsors are this big of a deal, and it seems like that might be the case in other esports as well, which makes it kind of more important when you see that like you see one sponsor drop out. You gotta imagine what what chunk of that percentage. Oh are yeah, losing. and we've seen that before. When a TO has a main sponsor mm. drop or can't pay, the TO generally can't pay. Like we've right, seen it at yeah. least a few times. I know it before in the past where if you lose one sponsor, whew, no, yeah, that's, that's, like, that's well, a blow, according that's a to blow this, it's a, it's a huge portion of your income. So yeah, that's it. It could be a bit worrying for the future mm. if if you know, let's say Mastercard slash Visa, whoever wants to sponsor League of Legends in the future, all of a sudden they're out and no one wants to fill their shoes. Mm. According to him, 80% of sponsors are now gone. 80% of income is now gone. Yeah, and then, then what you happens don't have, to the esport? Yeah, you don't have an esport anymore. That's what happens. So but I think yeah, they are yeah. uh, maybe riding the line. I don't think I'd ever be worried about them not being profitable and hanging yeah. on to the esport for. Well, I mean, in, in League of Legends' case, in, in particular, there I'd, I'd say it's probably one of the least problematic esports. Yep. It's the least violent. It's probably the most attractive to sponsors. Mm -hmm. Most probably worldwide, international. I mean, yeah. obviously, concurrently, viewership-wise, it's certainly one yeah, of the absolutely. top, if not the top. Mm. So we'll see what they come out with in the future, and if their sponsors do continue. Yep. I, I I'm not worried about it quite yet. Oh, I'm not. I'm not worried about it either. I think we'll have league forever yeah. at this point. But. You know, Unless it's, the esports bubble pops and all the sponsors it, yeah. back out and we lose League of Legends Worlds, <laughs> rip 2024. Yo, after after that Blitzchung thing, apparently Mitsubishi two days afterwards very quietly was like, "Hey, yeah, we're done with Hearthstone. Take our name off all your stuff." Jesus. And like you bring it up, you, know, you, you said very very brief. You yeah, said very yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, true, true, we're done. Different yeah. story for a different no, yeah, time. Yeah, League of Legends uh, is uh, profitable, but theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, God, you we don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that they are. It's not a bad thing that they aren't. Most companies lose money, kind of. Well, mm. we could talk financials later. Well, side podcast. <laughs>
All right. When when I say very very brief, I'm gonna keep it very very brief. Uh, that's I didn't why. expect when you said that to be like a very debatable topic about League of Legends, uh -huh. and I want to be the perspective that we protect ourselves against all like the diehard fans. Are like uh -huh. we're so profitable, Zan. You you freak you hater. You Yo, know then show me some proof, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, mine's actually about Steam. Speaking of launches out there, their partnership with EA. Electronic Arts, for all of you guys who do not know, they actually partnered last week at the point of this recording. Uh, obviously a few days old as well, but still a huge announcement, I would say. Um, we talked about this earlier as well. Definitely bigger for the developers or the launchers or the companies involved, not so much for us players. Right. Um, with that becomes the access to um, their, is it called Game Access? Is that what you said? Uh, I think it's EA Access. EA Access. Yeah. Um, so you pay that subscription fee, you get access to a lot of their games, much like on Origin. And so I would say exposure-wise, I think it's a great partnership to have. And uh, you know, when it comes to what we actually benefit, though, uh, did you have anything that was kind of major? I didn't really see too much in the announcement because it seemed big. And then you look into it, you're like, well, is it? No, yeah. I mean, I think they, they made a bigger deal out of it than it really is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's nice to not have to play games on Origin anymore because so Origin big benefit yeah that that thing was garbage clunky yeah like really used it for cool. anthem rest uh -huh. in peace anthem <laughs> Woo. yo i mean it's still going strong just, i mean it is still going yeah yo, they just announced a halloween event yeah which i don't know why they need because that shit's already a ghost town but you know i mean but yeah either yeah. that's probably the major benefit yeah. is in terms of you get to select your launcher more and certainly i mean you know at the end of the day you're still paying the price right this time around, you just might be paying a, a subscription fee. Besides that, either way, though, it kind of just adds to Steam's powerhouse and banking against other launchers out there. But certainly, of the big gaming companies out there, this was this past week the biggest announcement um, in terms of that. So now more offerings between EA and Steam. We'll see how it does progress in terms of loot boxes and, and crates and the microtransactions because we have seen companies like Valve with this partnership. EA partners with Valve slash Steam. Um, Valve is actually taking a lot of restrictions over the past few weeks, especially with CSGO. And so we'll see how the market's affected by this because Steam does have a market. So if we're going to yep. try and twist this and clickbait this a little bit, EA Games, Steam Market, are they going to have Are they gonna have eventually tradable stuff? Oh, I hope not because EA, EA might be the word. Mm. I don't think so because it'd be so egregious. It'd no, be like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, they don't even. They, they are but couldn't so, you see it, Zan? They couldn't are so shameless, though. Mr. Like surprise mechanics about your in your like, loot can't boxes you see over it, bro, here. Buy your NCAA uh, twenty jersey on Steam Market, and certain players are now being that oh, needs to go. The possibilities. I let me just say, sports games are they make me furious. They're, they're probably the worst. EAs yeah, specifically because they make so much money and they don't fix anything ever. Because they don't have to yet. Exactly. Every yeah. every traditional sport manager game or you know story mode game does so well. But either way, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Great announcement. <laughs> Let's see if they keep it a great announcement. Mm. Kept it brief. All right, Jake, this is one we could talk around for a while, but let's try not to. Yeah, um, we can try our best. Anyway, so we all know esports is no longer the super niche in industry that it used in, that it used to be. You We're know, growing. very mainstream. We're so big. In fact, I was reading a report out of the uh, University of Syracuse that by 2021 they predict that our viewership numbers will be on par with traditional sports, if not more likely better. Oh, God, you're just dropping, oh, man. 2021. And that's not even that's what I'm talking about. That's not even the, the story I'm going to talk about. Why is do about. you have to bring up such controversial <laughs> points that people are going to hate us for? 
They can hate me. It's fine. Yeah, we'll take who, sides. Who is going to argue that by 2021 we could have uh, A lot of people. Who I'll argue that? No, no, no. Okay, because yeah, you, yeah. you just depend on the little gaming community that we have to side <laughs> with us on everything. Uh-huh. But there's going to be a lot of football player, uh, you know, football fans and, mm-hmm. and American football fans and basketball fans that will say, no, Zan, that's not true. Let me preface by saying one thing before you go on, okay? True, true. I'm usually I, I like to oppose Zan on these kind of things because we like to be a little neutral together. Um, I, 2021 to me seems to be a bit of a stretch because when I look at NFL and I think a lot it was very fast than I would ever assume. Okay, yeah, I think I yeah. think that could be correct for a lot of traditional sports, but when it comes to the top ones being NFL and football at soccer for us Americans, especially when it comes to the big events, I don't think we'll be anywhere near that for a long, long time. Anything else, I think, is pretty much free game, and that you never know. I think it's a fair statement to yeah, make. That's yeah. that's only like you know five percent mm-hmm. of traditional sports. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near there for a long time. Anything else, though, NBA, MLB, the lesser traditional sports. I think you're right, but tell me about this study because that is a that's a statement and a half. Okay, yeah, I'm not talking about this study, that study specific. I'm talking about another research paper, actually. But I love research fair enough, papers. fair yeah. enough. We yeah, know you anyway. do. Yeah, but anyway, so anyway, uh. This new popularity that we have is kind of a problem because now cybersecurity people are taking notice. And now they're like, how can we make life bad for esports and gaming? How okay, so we, how can we profit? Are we not going to talk about the, uh, the, the viewership growing? We're, we're oh, gonna... well, no, no. We're, we, we can kind of end this. And it's because the What's viewers, the segue? It's because the viewership is growing that this is becoming a problem. Okay. Yeah. Because now. It's, it's becoming much more lucrative for hackers to take advantage of esports specifically. I get that completely. Yeah, so what this research paper has been looking at is how what exactly are we going to see in the, in the next few years and how is that going to look for the esports and gaming community as a whole. Um, so basically, the market for gaming and uh, esports related like accounts, like so you just like say buying an account, mm-hmm. apparently is now just as saturated and just as popular as the market for buying like actual credit cards for hackers. Wow! So like buying yeah. like Steam accounts, yeah. in-game accounts, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. Yes. It's like which I would I would never think. I mean, if they do have know. thousands of dollars of value on them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's no. a lucrative market. Yeah, definitely, right? And especially when you look at the vulnerable ages that own those accounts. Mm-hmm. Especially like the lack of security that I imagine a lot of kids have. Epic like, Games included. Yeah, at you, that time. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in what the bigger story here is how I think hackers are apparently, according to this research paper, they're going to start targeting actual game developers and events, esports events and streams specifically. Which we've already seen. Yep. The yep. esports and gaming data breach of 2019 has come to a tr- tremendous close. We've yeah. had so many over the past few months. See, when the, the thing is, none of those were even really hackers. They were just like accidental. Like, yeah, they were leaks almost by the people that were no, on yeah. the team. So yeah. like, imagine if someone's actually physically trying mm-hmm. day in, day a out. A person who was willing to spend the time to actually like search. We're in trouble, folks. No, yeah, so apparently, DDoS services for gaming specifically are so cheap right now. Like they're like in the ten dollar per month range, and they're just offering like, say, hey, say, hey, say, say you don't like Shroud, right? And you see Shroud is streaming a new game, and you're just like, you know what? Let me DDoS Shroud real quick. So let me just put in a request, and done. Shroud can no longer play. Mm-hmm. Say you are just like, uh, say the o- OWL is going on, right? And you're like, you know what? I could make some money real quick. So let me DDoS them during their event and then p- make them pay ransom mm-hmm. to get their servers back. Or bet on the opposing team. Or yeah, I mean, and, and they did all, they did this ransom, paper, blackmail, 
might not work out too well, but yeah, you, you would, never know. You would think not, but apparently it's a huge problem because apparently it's so easy to DDoS a lot of these companies because they mm -hmm. don't have good enough security. Like in a very brief look that they took in this research paper, I'm not saying the name of the paper specifically because I don't want people to find it because there's so much scary information in here that could be useful so to hackers. Easily, yeah, so easily if you don't. I would say even if you're not a hacker, if you're just like a random dude. You'd think if they could hack, man, they're probably going to find this article. Well, but if they can hack, yes. My concern is the random people who oh, have who are money go, okay. who will just say, hey, here is 50 here's 50 bucks. Or you know, ducks. Yeah, or ducks. You know, 50 ducks would be a little bit more lucrative, I imagine. A little bit more hassle to transport. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, and as, as you mentioned earlier, you, uh, you briefly touched on match fixing. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that, that alongside illegal gambling are also going to skyrocket. Oh, for sure, especially mm -hmm. in China and the mm -hmm. Asian region. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. The corruption's only going to get more insane, and the corruption mm -hmm. has a, a wide lens. So, I mean, obviously, DDoSing, yep. hacking accounts, uh, match fixing, and Botting then... accounts. That's all in the lens yeah. of, I, I would say, corruption. Yeah, absolutely. And apparent, according to every, according to this article or this paper, rather, if you do not have two-factor authentication, you need it right now on all of your stuff because yeah. it is. I would say it's a fair statement. Hackers are actively looking at this point to take your Steam account from you and sell it. And hey, maybe you get it back at the end of the day. Maybe you get it back in six months. Mm -hmm. But they're actively trying to, to the extent where they've specifically written like software, like malware to look through your computer, see, hey, does this person play Call of Duty? Let me lock his Call of Duty account, make him pay to get it back. Mm -hmm. And if you spent thousands of hours on the game, then are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Pay the $500 to get your account back? Or are you just gonna take the hit? Mm -hmm. You know, and it sucks for everybody involved, but it's just the new reality that we gotta be aware of. I think we're definitely entering the, the new era of what once was, you know, being hacked on all, being almost like trade scammed on games. Trade scamming is, right. is always going to be a thing, but now we just have so many other options in terms of what people can take and steal and dive into of yours. And so I, I think it's incredibly fair based off what we first started talking about, the viewership, the player base, we're only growing. And in a growing market, you're going to see people take advantage of the the newer player base, even the existing player base. Absolutely. And when there's a growing market out there, there's a growing way to exploit that growing market. So uh, just be careful, everybody. Yeah, you know, be on guard. Every you know. possible way you can be careful. Mm. You're going to look back and say you should have done it. You should be doing it right now. Yeah, Ourselves probably included. Oh, I take all the precautions. I have. Like, I know you do. I have like fake credit card, or not Jesus fake, but like Christ. they're like digital cards that I put my actual card into, so nobody has my actual card number. So worst case, they try to take money from the fake I'm, card. I'm not quite like, like that. No, it's it's easy. Next yeah, week, right. we're gonna talk about. Yeah. I want you to. I want you to revisit, please, though that first yeah, story. Twenty one. Oh yeah, I, I've still got the uh, the research. Paper Heck yeah, my, we'll tap into that oh, next yeah. week for sure. Then absolutely. All right, guys, episode 25, uh, one and done. We hope you guys all enjoy. We'll be back here next week. Before that, though, Xanifer, any closing announcements? Yeah, real quick. As always, if you want to listen to us, the Esports Rewind, get your Esports News do weekly dose, like, you know, on the go. Say, you know, you're walking around, doing some errands, going to the grocery store. Going outside. Yeah, you know, which we should all do a little bit more, probably. And you want me in your ear or us in your ear. <laughs> Yeah, check us out on the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That is P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N, Prediction with two E's. You know, follow us on there. Check us out. You know what? We that's we get sponsors on there. That's how we kind of make a little bit of money from the podcast, and it really helps us out. So, hey, if you want to support us, maybe go download an episode and check it out, you know? Also, a bunch of different, uh, also really cool esports uh, podcasts on there. So, hey, you never know. You might find something else you like. Yeah. You mm -hmm. can catch us on Twitter. 
course. Of Instagram. Course. Instagram, we're doing a lot more there. Definitely unique content there. The website, or as always, uh, mm. me on the YouTube channel. And that's going to be about it. Episode, yeah, 25. episode 25. Oh, we're still getting back to the, in the gist of things yeah. here from Mexico, guys. It's rough. The energy is uh, it's coming back. It's slowly but surely. Uh, still draining as always, but we always appreciate you guys. Definitely. Uh, a lot did happen while we were gone. 60K plus onwards and upwards with all of you guys uh, behind mm. us. So as always. Oh, yeah. The merch line dropped. Thank oh, yes. You, thank you guys for all the support. We got a couple people already picking up shirts and everything. Like really and truly means means the world to us. Glad you guys like it. Got better stuff coming for you down the line. More so. is definitely coming. Mm. Keep on recommending things in the comments, guys. If not stories, yeah. then if you have ideas for merch, Zan loves working on that kind of stuff. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, more coming sometime soon. As always, though, thank you guys for watching the esports rewind podcast we'll see you guys back here at the same time next week cheers, cheers. we'll see you homies soon sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.